This morning's gospel reading, the words of our sermon text today, Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. Jesus said to his disciples, For that reason, I tell you, stop worrying about your life, about what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Certainly, life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no warehouse or barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? And who of you, by worrying, can add a single moment to his lifespan? Since you are not able to do this little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Do not constantly chase after what you will eat or what you will drink. Do not be worried about it. To be sure, the nations of the world chase after all of these things, but your Father knows that you need them. Instead, continue to seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, because your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not become old, a treasure in the heavens that will not fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. My dear family in Christ, well, would it help? That particular line was repeated several times in a 2015 Tom Hanks movie called Bridge of Spies. That line struck me. See, the movie is based on the true story of a defense attorney, played by Tom Hanks, who is given the unenviable task of having to defend a Russian spy by the name of Rudolf Abel. Mr. Abel was caught carrying on acts of espionage here on our American soil on behalf of the Soviet government. This was back in the 1950s during the Cold War. And yet, in spite of these really serious charges that had brought, been brought against his client, in spite of the trouble that his client was in and the outrage of the American people, Tom Hanks was amazed that as he prepared his client for trial, he seemed completely stoic. I mean, he showed no emotion. He showed no concern. And so exasperated, Tom Hanks would, would look his client straight in the eye and he would say to him, Mr. Abel, aren't you worried? And each time, his client's deadpan response was simply, well, would it do any good? Worry doesn't do any good, does it? We've all learned that the hard way, time and time again, during the course of our lives. Worry doesn't help. 
And yet it's a constant struggle for all of us in our life of faith. The Lord Jesus wants to help us with that this morning in these words that he speaks in our text. And may he bless us to see him as the cure for our worry. Stop worrying about your life. That's what Jesus says in the opening verse of our text. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about what you'll wear. Stop worrying. Have you ever found yourself looking at a loved one who is kind of freaking out about something, and you finally say to them in exasperation, would you stop worrying about it? Why did you tell them that? Isn't it often because you don't want to have to think about it anymore, or you're a little bit tired of hearing about it? In other words, you tell them, stop worrying about it because really you're making it all about you. Not Jesus. When he tells us in our text this morning to stop worrying, he's not saying that for his own benefit, but for yours. Jesus tells us this morning to stop our worrying because worry cannot possibly glorify God. Jesus tells us to stop worrying because worry is really a display of a sinful lack of trust in the Lord our God. Worry is fear mixed together with doubt. Now, yes, we should use the brain that the good Lord gave us. And we should plan carefully. And we should act wisely. Yes, he wants us to show a healthy concern about the things that he places before us in life on a daily basis. But worry goes beyond all of that, doesn't it? See, when we worry, we fail to trust the Lord our God above all things. In fact, to some degree, when we worry, we tend to put ourselves in the place of God because we're trying to control things that are completely out of our control. And then, of course, as Jesus points out in verse 25, worry doesn't help to add anything beneficial to our lives. In fact, health studies claim that worry can subtract weeks or months or even years from a person's life. So we know that worrying isn't any good for us. And we readily admit that worrying doesn't do us any good. And we confess that it's sinful for us to worry. But still we worry. What's a believer to do? Jesus reaches out with his perfect help. He's reminding you here that your life is more important than your stuff. And to drive that point home, he uses what we call an argument from the greater to the lesser in verse 25. He says, certainly, life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. You see the point that Jesus is making there? Who gave you your life? God did. Now, if it's true, and it is, as the Bible proclaims, that God created you, that God knit you together in your mother's womb, if he's powerful enough and wise enough to design and create and sustain this amazing marvel that we call the human body, don't you think he's powerful enough to provide you some food to eat, some clothes to wear? So why worry? And then Jesus goes on to use an argument from the lesser to the greater. He says, consider the ravens. 
<clears throat> they do not sow or reap. They have no warehouse or barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass in the field, which is here alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Look at the birds, Jesus says. That little bird that scurries around in your backyard, pecking here and there, looking for bugs and worms, finding a, a little piece of wood that it can take back and start using to build a, a nest and flies back over to the bird bath and that back up into the tree and does all of this in a minute flat. What can that bird teach you? Well, for, for, for one thing, to work hard. Jesus says that our Heavenly Father feeds all those birds. God provides food opportunities for them. They work hard. They're pecking here. They're pecking there. They're flying from one place to another. But as long as they keep at it, day after day, the Lord sees to it that they have enough to survive. But more importantly, those birds teach us not to worry. They don't pace around the backyard, wringing their wings, nervously worried about what they're going to do for food next, the next day or the next week or the next month. Watch the birds, Jesus says. They'll tell you how foolish it is for you to worry. Or the lilies of the field. You don't see those lilies sewing outfits for themselves or, or complaining as they rifle through their closet about not having a thing to wear. No, the Lord provides. The Lord takes care of them. We could learn something from the birds and the flowers. Think of how much time we waste in life worrying about every little thing. And isn't it true that most of what we worry about never comes to fruition anyway? All of that time that we waste worrying is time that could have been spent enjoying the blessings that God has provided for us and, and giving him thanks for providing them. But then Jesus gets right to the heart of the matter. He brings us the cure for our worry. Believers, even though Jesus tells us here to stop worrying, the cure for our worry is not found in us. The cure for worry is found in the Lord our God. The one who entered into our worrying world with his kingdom of grace. The Lord Jesus Christ left his home into heaven and came into our worrying world, the world that so often fills us with fear and worry. And he lived in your place. Even though, humanly speaking, Jesus had all kinds of things to worry about during his earthly life, as he's facing Satan's onslaughts out in the wilderness for 40 days, as he, he, he goes for a long time without anything to eat, as he faces the, the Pharisees on a constant basis who are trying to trap him and discredit his ministry, as he faces the hatred and the rejection of vile sinners, as he drops to his knees in garden, the Garden of Gethsemane and prays about that bitter cup of suffering, Jesus never once worried. Instead, he perfectly entrusted himself to the care of his heavenly Father. He didn't just tell you here not to worry. 
He provided his own worry-free life in your place, and he draped you with his perfect record. He clothed you with his righteousness. And he went to the cross, and he bore the guilt and the punishment for your every sin so that God could pronounce you fully forgiven and forever saved. So with all that in mind, look again at what Jesus says here. He says, do not be afraid, little flock, because your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Break that down. Your Father. That's who your God is. Your Father. He's not some disengaged deity who is constantly frustrated and angry with you and your faithless worrying. He's your Father. A perfect father who always does what is best for his children with perfect power, with perfect wisdom, and with perfect love. Your father is pleased, Jesus says, to give you the kingdom. Your father isn't chintzy with what he has. You don't have to cajole or sweet talk or swindle anything out of him. He's pleased to do what he does for you because he's perfect grace and mercy and wants only what is eternally best for you, his child. The Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. What kingdom? Well, that's the kingdom of grace that we're living in right now under Jesus as our glorious Lord and head. The kingdom of faith. But it's also that coming kingdom of glory that will be ours forever in heaven when life in this world is over. That kingdom is not something that he tells us to work for. He doesn't tell us to sit back and, and impress him with our obedience and then maybe he'll think about giving it to us. No, he is pleased to give it to us. It's a gift. Think of those familiar words of Ephesians chapter 2. It is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. What I mean, friends, is this. The kingdom that is God's, he gives to us freely, for Jesus' sake. That's the real and only reason to not worry, because your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. We win. So have no fear, little flock. And then Jesus takes it a step further. He says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not become old. A treasure in the heavens that will not fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The kingdom that your dear Father in heaven is pleased to give to you through the dying and rising of your precious Savior Jesus, knowing that it's yours, thanks to his amazing grace, will change your faithless fretting into this glorious freedom, the freedom to share, the freedom to live generously, to give freely, to live your life storing up treasures in heaven, treasures that you know will never wear out, and will never be taken from you. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's so true in life, isn't it? Where's your heart? 
A teenager who has his heart set on buying a used car may find himself actually putting down the game controller and getting a part-time job and saving up some money. A young person who has his or her heart focused on some particular career is more than willing to spend long, quiet hours studying and studying and studying some more. Sports fans buy jerseys and follow their team's every move and, and cheer for their team. Where is your heart? Believer, when your treasure is in heaven then your heart's delight is seeking the gospel and the things of God above all else. Would it help? No, Mr. Abel, worrying doesn't help. In fact, it hinders. My worrying gives evidence that I too am so often ye of little faith. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for bearing my sin. Thank you for being the cure to my faithless worrying. And thank you for pointing me to the love of my Heavenly Father, the same Father who tells me here to seek his kingdom, the kingdom that he's pleased to give to me, and then promises to throw in every needed earthly blessing as well. No worries. Amen.